Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, a special edition of the Terrible Podcast, Pittsburgh Steelers Training Camp 2023. It is July 27th. I am Dave Bryan from SteelersDepot.com. And as you would expect, uh, joining me on this nightly special edition podcast is the one and the only Alex Kazora, fresh off of his first trip out to Latrobe of the summer. So with that, Alex, happy Thursday night. Happy Thursday, Dave. Really good day. First day out at St. Vincent College. Felt like we had never left and so happy <laughs> to be back. And I wrote this in my report. I'm really glad camp started when it did because I was literally out of things to write about. I was I was mm-hmm. at my wits end to try to find some series and topics to uncover. So, so happy in so many ways that football is back. Well, glad you uh, made it out there and back safely, and hopefully, hopefully you'll continue to. You obviously will be at all the uh, training camp practices uh, this year, and that that uh, includes Friday night lights. And uh, we'll we'll you know after after every practice, if it's you know probably not after the Friday night uh, lights practice, but every other one of them, if there's anything to talk about, we'll be having these nightly episodes. We'll try to keep them to about thirty to forty five minutes. So uh, with that, uh, want to shout out our sponsor. Again. Again this year, Alex? I do. We continue to partner with Touring Plans, a very longtime sponsor of the Training Camp podcast. And so, shout out to Len Testa, who's always been a great friend of the site back when it was just a couple of us at Tigos Depot trying to provide some camp coverage. And so, Touring Plans is a great service. If you're planning a trip to Disney, want to navigate where to stay, where to go, kind of how to maximize your time there because it can be so chaotic and um, so many things to do, and you're not quite sure where to start. You can go to touringplans.com, uh, talk to them. They're great people over there, and they'll get you set. So I want to, again, thank Lentesta and Touring Plans for their support and sponsorship of our training camp coverage. Absolutely. We appreciate you, Len, and uh, you'll be hearing uh, us uh, talk about uh, touring plans you know, throughout these special edition po- podcasts like we do every year here. All right, Alex, uh, where, where do you want to start? I guess a little bit of the housekeeping side of things, not that there really are any injuries to talk about. And during practice, everyone seemed to be okay. Mike Tomlin speaking afterwards, I saw that your write-up included tight end Rodney Williams with maybe some of that heat fatigue. It's been hot, humid. It's going to be that way for at least through the weekend. So that's something to note. Minka Fitzpatrick did not practice in team today. He looks fine. Very minor, if anything. Uh, more snaps for the young safeties and guys trying to battle for a roster spot. Uh, Deontay Johnson did grab his knee at the end of one catch during team, limped back to the huddle or to the sideline briefly, but then returned and finished out practice. He's fine. So um, all good there. So as far as I can tell, granted, first day, no contact, but Pittsburgh healthy overall. 
Yeah, and, uh, and we'll just reiterate, this team went into training camp without having uh, to put any players on the PUP or NFI list, and uh, that in and of itself was uh, great news and looks like they came out of first practice okay. About Minka, Mike Tomlin said that's it's really nothing, and really sometimes during camp, you know, they, they've got players that they know a lot about, and, you know, probably from time to time you're going to see players, you know, uh, uh, not get any action there. Some of the veteran players, and, you know, that's probably going to be far for the course but it was a little bit surprising first practice. So there might be something minor mm-hmm. going on uh, with him, but we'll, we'll see how it goes with him moving forward. And the thing about Rodney Williams, this is a guy that was on the practice squad all of last year. Was it with, uh, I don't think he was with him during training camp, right? Uh, right. Uh, uh, last year, I think he was with the Broncos there. So this is his first trip out there, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to training camp out at Lake Trobe there and, you know, heat related stuff. And Mike Tomlin talked about, you know, you got to have you got to have that availability, especially if you're younger guys on this roster fighting for a spot here. And when you look at the tight end depth chart overall, there's not a lot of players on it. You know, you got what Pat Firemuth, Zach Gentry, Connor Hayward, which is, you know, tight end slash fullback, uh, Darnell Washington and then Rodney Williams. And that's it. So Rodney Williams can't afford you know, they, they can't afford to have Rodney Williams miss any time. Might end up costing him a roster spot here. So hopefully he gets back on the field soon here. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, Williams is kind of more of that receiver in a tight end position uh, setup. I think he was actually more of a true wide receiver. I believe he went to Middle Tennessee State, and so he's kind of got that leaner frame to him, but hopefully he can be out there tomorrow. All right, uh, where else would you like to start? You want to run through the position groups? Yeah, we'll do it like we always do with quarterbacks to start. And again, it is day one. They're not in pads. It has a bit of a glorified OTAs feel. So we're not going to bring hot takes about this guy's incredible. This guy's terrible. It is just one day we're going to analyze it. We're going to talk about it. But um, just off the top, there's nothing incredibly earth shattering on that first day. Tuesday, the pads come on. That's when things will get really interesting. But quarterbacks, what I like today was the first play in team session uh, talk about needing big plays, explosive plays. Pittsburgh took a deep shot. They started out in empty. Then Najee Harris motioned in, and Kenny Pickett threw a deep ball down the right sideline, a go route to George Pickens, which was defended well and broken up by Patrick Peterson. But I just kind of love that mentality. Maybe that's a subtle nod, or maybe I'm reading too much into it of, you know, first uh, play of, of training camp, let, let's go deep and, and see what happens. <laughs> that doesn't hurt my feelings. And I I, <laughs> I think uh, I, I might have already said this one time during a regular podcast, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. They come out in the first play of the regular season. And uh, if, if they get the right look, take a shot down the field just to say, hey, you know, we're, we're not afraid to do it uh, when it comes to that. Uh, how, how did the arm look on some of those deep throws by him? Good overall. I'm not going to sit here and pretend just because Kenny Pickett said yesterday he feels like his arm is stronger that I saw a completely different arm compared to a year ago. But I think obviously compared to a year ago, Pickett as a rookie that first week of camp had a pretty poor couple of practices, which was to be expected for for a young guy in that situation. But a solid day today, not going to pretend like it was incredible or this off the charts, A++ type of performance, but good touch. It was a a nice throw. Um, in seven on seven to Anthony McFarland down the left sideline on a go ball over the linebacker Cole Holcomb. Um, good decision making overall. Good zip. There was a completion to Pat Frymuth. The play after the deep shot incompletion to Pickens, which was on the money. So for Pickett, looked in command, looked in control, accurate. Good day for him. All right. Uh, uh, Trubisky after him, then Rudolph. Did Tanner Morgan get any snaps? 
Nope. We'll uh, we'll start Tanner Morgan <laughs> counting watch here at a goose egg, which is going to happen unless one of these three quarterbacks uh, take a day off or, you know, knock on what somebody were to go down, be unavailable, maybe late in camp. That's what happened to Oladokun last year, but all three of the quarterbacks ahead of him working. Mason Rudolph did have a kind of a, to me, it seemed like a bad read that was thrown right at Elijah Riley and picked off for the first interception at camp, the only interception of the day. But um, overall, the quarterbacks were were just fine. All right, uh, let's move on uh, to uh, to running backs. Uh, there, pretty, you know, uh, pretty pre- pretty big group overall. A lot of young young guys in there, along with Anthony McFarland. Uh, just kind of reading reading your tweets and and the things out there. Sounds like Anthony McFarland put together a pretty good practice today, right? Sure, and plenty of opportunities. And he was running clear third string running back, and nothing outrageous done with those opportunities. But he was solid, and he was split out, and he got work at Gunner, even in special team sessions. Which we'll see how that goes. It didn't go well for him last year, but all the ways he's trying to provide value and make this team, and so that's going to be good for him. Now again, he's the veteran over the rookies and Hagens and Ram, and so of course you would expect him to to get reps over those guys to start camp. We'll see how it looks later on throughout camp, but McFarland was fine. Even Jason Huntley had a good cut to his right and bounced a run for decent yardage. Now, again, it's no contact. Can't tackle him. Running backs are going to look decent in these environments, but I just thought the opportunities were there for McFarland and Huntley had that notable play uh, a run to the right side. Mike Tomlin said not to read too much into the rotations here, but I want you to try to anyway. Uh, mm. uh, after, after McFarland, do you have kind of an order of how they went? Yeah, uh, after that, there weren't really a lot of carries I didn't have in my notes for uh, Hagens or Graham or Huntley. I know that it, uh, Huntley had at least one. I'm not even entirely sure if Hagens or Graham even got a carry. Sometimes in these uh, padless practices, you don't run the ball that much because it's a hard environment to evaluate in because there is no full contact. And so it's a bit more of a passing situation. They open up in, in uh, the team session today, no seven shots. It was third and long situations. And so it was kind of more a pass heavy slanted type of day. So I'll try to pay more attention tomorrow. Um, but the workload for those guys behind McFarland was pretty limited. It was really at the top of Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, and then McFarland with a little bit of Jason Huntley sprinkled in. All right. Uh, anything else to report on running backs? Or you want to move to wide receivers? Uh, some pony. We're, it's training oh. camp, so we got to talk about the pony backfield, right? I saw yeah. at least one snap with uh, Warren as the deep back, McFarland as the slot back to the left, motioned across. And so, you know, obviously McFarland, if he makes the team's not going to be in those situations often, but we'll see what they do with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Those guys are versatile. They can move around. And there were a couple of snaps last year. There were some pony sets. And with Warren established and Harris healthy, that may be on the docket for this team. All right, our gratuitous, uh, gratuitous uh, pony uh, backfield mention <laughs> at, at the start of training. And camp. pistol, they ran pistol twice today, ah. so it's pistol pony. All the greatest hits of training camp. All right, uh, okay, wide receiver uh, position there. Uh, yeah, uh, it sounded like uh, Deontay Johnson avoided a little bit of a scare uh, there. Was it a slippage by him? Well, you're going back to yes. his uh, college day. Oh right, <laughs> going back to Toledo. Uh, he cuts so fast sometimes. He comes out. You know, he 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 loses traction there. So, uh, but that that's all it was was just a slip there. Yeah, he slipped to stay in bounds to complete a catch, mm. and so they just he grabbed his knee initially, so it looked a little scary. And then he kind of had a bit of a limp as he he came back, but he missed one play if that. So 
thankfully he's good to go. How's Joe Burrow? Just to kind of switch topics briefly, are they calling cash? I just saw carted off. I never know what that really means. Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's something. What's going on with him? Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a calf strain. So I, I, okay. you know, and I think that's kind of the early word circulating right before we got on this thing at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time there. But uh, it looked it looked pretty scary. But uh, I, w- I would imagine he's going to miss a little bit of uh, practice time here. Move forward. If him, I, if I'm him, I'm not sure I get back on that field right, right. now. I'm surprised he was practicing in the first place. Right, right. All right. Anyway. Uh, to, uh, we'll move along to the wide receiver position here. Uh, Calvin Austin, the third back in uniform, but uh, doesn't sound like he had the greatest day. No, he didn't. And again, it's just one day, so we're not sounding alarm bells, but we'll tell you how the day went. And it didn't go too well for Calvin Austin. Two chances to make some completions downfield. The first one, I believe, in that first team session. I think the pass was from Trubisky. It was a bit behind. I think Trubisky was trying to fit it where, you know, Austin can make a play without, you know, potentially getting popped or any sort of collision. And so he had to reach back for it, but he couldn't finish the play. And then later, I think also from Trubisky, deep shot, right sideline, really well-thrown ball. It was contestable by the DB. I don't know if it was Porter or Norwood, one of those two, but Austin could not finish the play and it uh, escaped his hands and rolled out of bounds along the right sideline. So this is a guy that I had these notes last year that you know, he's got that small catch radius, the, the limited frame. And so trying to extend outside his body is tough for him to do. That was an issue last year before he got hurt, an issue today. So hopefully a better day tomorrow for Calvin Austin. Could you pick up on this speed on him this early in camp or no? I mean, I think at this point, because I saw him last year, you know, you kind of know that he has that speed. And I watch him at the Senior Bowl as well. So I guess it doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of used to it in that respect um he certainly had the speed on that 45 yarder i mean he was behind the defense or behind whoever was covering him um to get open enough for trubisky to fire that so yeah the speed wasn't the issue he just got to finish these plays all right uh, i imagine uh it was uh obviously deontay Allen robinson and, and and george pickens anything uh notable to to talk about those three um you know i should know with george pickens and i i I shouldn't. I don't know if this is my report or not. I should add it and uh, tweet it out. I just saw some motion from George Pickens, some of the pre-snap, whether it's that orbit return motion, but just kind of him looking comfortable and not being so static. And we kind of saw that at the end of last year, the last couple of weeks, about him moving around and running a bit more varied of a route tree. And so he had a catch on a curl, curl route from uh, uh, against Patrick Peterson today, and it just kind of felt like he was, you know, moving around. And it's not a big thing, but just him being comfortable and and you know motioning and. Uh, just kind of not being static is a positive sign there. Good practice for Deontay, you know, past the injury scare. Um, Alan Robinson, relatively nondescript, had one pass a little high off his hands, had a diving catch on a short, uh, you know, five-yard dig later on in practice. One other note for guys kind of behind, Hakeem Butler, like Austin, a couple of passes that were a little bit high, but he's a big body, tall guy off his frame, off his hands. And so that's a guy that um, needs to make those plays because he's supposed to be this big guy that can, you know, go over his head and and, and come down with the football. Right. Uh, Gunner on a wheel. Yeah. Gunner on a wheel. Your favorite. I even included that note in there on a wheel route. The Dave Bryan favorite. Now that was off a fake jet motion action. And then as the play kind of extended, you convert that flat route off the jet action into a wheel. It was a linebacker, Mark Robinson, covering him a really accurate throw from Mitch Trubisky. So nice catch um, from Olszewski. He got you know a fair fair amount of reps today, and uh, we'll see what tomorrow holds. 
what about the rest of boy Jordan Birdie? Yeah, I know he's small, but they showed uh, somebody had a snapshot of him standing uh, alongside uh, Butler, I think, uh, mm. a, a back view. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the difference in because Butler's like what six five six six, and and Bird is like I don't know five eight five nine. Uh, uh, any of those other guys? Uh, uh, anything to talk about down deep on the wide receiver depth chart? Yeah, Bird had some return work. That's going to be his calling card. He was a really strong return man at San Diego State. He had one jet run today for about, I think, 14 yards. I had him down for uh, going right to left. Uh, Cody White had a couple of nice catches. There was one especially nice juggling catch against James Pierre, left sideline, caught another one on a crosser over route for 15 or so yards. So Cody White's a guy that's versatile, trusted, special teams. You know, 53 is going to be still a, a challenge for him, but he's a guy that could still hanging around the practice squad in, in in a vacuum in one day, Cody White was better than both Calvin Austin and Hakeem Butler. Okay. Uh, tight end position. Uh, tell us, uh, we'll go ahead and lump uh, Connor Hayward in with that group there. Uh, how, how, are, they, are they using them kind of as you would expect uh, them to use him? And everybody's going to want to know about Darnell Washington. Yeah, with Hayward, just to be clear, he's still with the tight end group. He's exclusively with the tight ends, and so um, he's not working individually with the running backs. And Jordan Bird, by the way, is working with the wide receivers, um, to my knowledge. And so he was a running back. He was really more running back than receiver in college, and now he's kind of going to transition to that uh, wide receiver type of role. Um, I I don't know if I saw anything out of the ordinary with Hayward. I I didn't see him necessarily get fullback work or anything like that. Again, it is day one. They're going to install you know, and, and layer this thing over time. But he had a couple catches. Good day for him. For Washington, pretty quiet. Appeared to be the one miscommunication. Tanner Muse blitzed. It looked like Mason Rudolph wanted to throw hot um, on a short, you know, again, five-yard dig to Washington. Never got his head around. Pass fell behind him and incomplete. So that was, to my knowledge, his only target of the day and um, some miscommunication there. So I would say a pretty quiet day for Darnell Washington. Yeah, I think Darnell kind of admitted that he's still, you know, working through the playbook and and trying to get a firmer grasp of it when yeah. reported uh, there. That's to be expected uh, this 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 time of year. Pat Farmuth moving okay. I mean, uh, it's obvious he's not on the PUP or anything like that. Uh, you know, the late, late uh, last season knee injury. And, you know, I think he was over that pretty quick. But uh, he, looked, he looked healthy and good to go. Yeah, he had a couple catches. He looked good. Um, He was a full participant. I know he was a bit limited uh, in the spring, and so good to see him out there. I, I want to examine it more tomorrow and maybe really focus on this for the preseason action. He's a guy that's probably going to stand up and play in the slot a lot this year. I think he got a couple of slot reps today, maybe had a catch or two out of that. So he's a guy that I don't want to say he'll be this team's you know true starting slot receiver, but he's a guy that's going to stand up and probably utilize that, that talent um, a fair bit in his third year. So I'm excited for that. All right, good info there. All right, offensive line. Take us through the lines, if you will. Let me actually pull that up. I'm a little rusty here. I forgot to get that up in front of me. Uh, No big surprises, and to note performance is really, really tough to do in a situation like this. But first team offensive line, Dan Moore, Isaac Sayamalu, Mason Cole, James Daniels, Chuck Wuma, a core four. That's me working left to right. Second team, Broderick Jones, Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green, Nate Herbig, and LaRaven. Clark, 13, Dylan Cook, Jared Williams, Ryan McCollum, Bill Dunkel, and Spencer Anderson. And I don't know if I saw anyone move around today on day number one. So um, those are the groups. Again, nothing that really is that notable to see Jared Williams, who I believe is more of a tackle, play left guard. A little interesting there. Anderson 
out there at um at right tackle but i think he was getting a lot of right tackle work in the spring so we'll see how it develops i'm sure they'll be moving and shaking going forward what do you think about Omar Khan? Omar Khan was asked about the uh, backup center position earlier in the day and said, hey, you know, we got a lot of guys that can, you know, potentially do this. And he mentioned, uh, you know, uh, uh, they're, they're interested to see, you know, once once the pad gets pads get on Ryan uh, McCollum and all like that. But uh, uh, so far, I mean, they're, you know, that is what you said, right? I mean, there were three centers today. It was Cole, Kendrick mm-hmm. Green and Ryan McCollum. That's it. That's the list, right? Yep, those are the centers working today. Cole, first team, Green, second team, McCollum, third team. Um, could other guys get chances later on in camp? Certainly, whether that's uh, Spencer Anderson, maybe even Nate Herbig. We'll have to wait and see. But right now, that's how the group was today. All right, but not surprising when it cut, you know, uh, Spencer Anderson getting first work at right tackle, right? Um, Yeah, I guess not because... Um, where else Where else you going to put him, I guess, where... Uh, the versatility. It'd be interesting to see if, if he does get kicked in, in, in inside, mm-hmm. you know, every sure third, third practice or something like that. Yeah. And there's an injury. He might get moved around. I, I thought maybe you'd see Williams at right tackles. Anderson go to left guard because Williams is a bit taller guy. But um, again, these guys will move around. So I'm not going to take too much inventory of that on day one. All right, LaRaven, uh, Clark, have a La rough day. <laughs> hey, you'll be here. All hey, week. try to build. Tip, <laughs> tip, tip your Kazora. Yeah, tip your Kazora. I like that one for sure. Uh, yeah, I thought I, I mean, we can talk about this more with Nick Herbig, but I thought some of the bursts that Herbig showed off the ball was impressive and that came at the expense of Clark. So I don't know if it was as much Herbig looking great as Clark was looking like LaRaven Clark, probably a bit of both, but. I did uh, notice that today, Clark probably having some trouble with Herbig's uh, explosiveness off the football. All right. And you did say uh, Dylan Cook was the third string left tackle, right? Correct. Yeah. He played right tackle, I think, mostly in college, but he's going to go left side now. All right. uh, Anything else to pass along? I mean, it's early stages. And Omar Khan said, look, you know, Broderick Jones is going to have to earn you know, the, 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 the number one tackle spot, yada, yada, all the stuff that you'd kind of expect uh, GM speak, I guess, to be to open things up there. But uh, it, you know, I, I guess for the most part, the lines, you know, no, no huge surprises there. We mentioned uh, uh, Jared Williams playing some, some, some guard there, but uh, it, I mean, and no pads on yet. So it's hard to kind of judge those groups. Right. Yeah, like I said, from an evaluation standpoint, I don't really have much there because no pads. It is a bit harder to watch offensive linemen in the middle of the team. They're not doing O-line, D-line because they're not in pads. And so I watched, you know, seven on seven instead. So I don't really have a lot of insight in terms of how anybody did um, because A, it's day one because, you know, B, they're not in pads. And uh, we'll get more of that down the line, though, I promise. Sure. All right, uh, let's flip over to the defensive side. What about uh, any Monty Potter? I knew you were going to ask. Potter bomb sightings. <laughs> I um, don't the, know if I... The, the, the full Monty watch. Portion. Full Monty, yeah. Um, I don't know if I saw him get any reps offensively today. They really weren't doing a ton of eye form or anything like that with a, where a fullback would be required. Um, I saw him out there, though. He was working with the running backs, and you know he's kind of the true de facto fullback on this team, but he's out there with Eddie Faulkner, in individual sessions. So I'll try to keep an eye on that tomorrow. I didn't see anything notable on special teams, but I'm sure you can't miss that hair. I'm sure I'll see it at some point. All right, let's flip over to the defensive line. You want to, you want to try to take us through the rotations there? 
Yeah, nothing out of the ordinary. And there's some more mixing and matching. So it's a little bit harder to have like clean rotations as you kind of get with the offensive line. But obviously, um, you know, Kim Hayward, Larry Okunjobi are starting defense alignment. I don't know how much Montrevious Adams I saw today. I might have just missed it, but he's not in my notes a lot. Keanu Benton getting a lot of second team nose tackle work and some sub package work as well out of the gate, which I thought was encouraging because he's a guy that I think this team is high on his ability to rush the passer and maybe be more productive in the NFL than he was in college at Wisconsin. The Marvin Leal, though, like I talked about him a million times, mentioned it on our preview, and so I really wanted to get eyes on Leal. It was everything. I mean, he was doing everything, whether that's base left defensive end in their 3-4 defense and their um, Oki front, whether that's a sub package, you know, three tech and, and nickel, he was doing that. Even some left outside linebacker um, standing up. And so he was, you know, Tudor's ward, positionless playing everything maybe a bit more i would say probably more hand down defense alignment than standing up outside linebacker but he was doing it all today i know it's hard to remember back to a year ago but uh do you do you notice you know from from you know build or or weight or or does he does he look a little bit more filled out or or can you even remember yeah, it's hard to remember, and I'm really bad with those things. He does look good. I mean, he looks built, and, and he looks the part. So I don't know if that was my impression a year ago. He was probably heavier a year ago just because he was being used as like a full-time defense lineman during his first camp. And so he's probably slimmed down a little bit, but, I mean, he carries that weight exceptionally well. The dude's a crazy athlete. I mean, he was doing backflips in high school, so he's just like one of those athletes that never has any bad weight on him. All right, uh, Fajoko, more uh, in, inside over the nose from from what you could tell early on? Yeah, he was getting probably safer to say he was third string nose tackle with Fajoko. Um, Armand Watts probably playing a bit more end. I have to check my notes on, on where I that had. That was going to be have? my next question. Was he kind of more uh, th- three, you know, f- f- four, four eye kind of? Yeah, and the one note I have of him, I have him as a left defensive end in Pittsburgh's base 3-4. So the one rep okay. I charted or noted, it was Watts, left defensive end, Bahoko, nose tackle, Manny Jones at right defensive end. So um, that makes more sense. Watts yeah. has the length to play out. And a uh, different number, too, on the Steelers team site, on publicly, he's 68, but he's actually wearing number 94. So I was a little confused at first, but he's wearing number 94. All right. Uh, I would, I I'm, I'm willing to bet ver, uh, barring injuries or whatnot. He's probably going to be more kicked out to the outside than moving forward. I would think so. When you got Adams and Benton and Pahoko right. at nose tackle, getting four nose tackles reps just seems fruitless. They need some, you know, uh, four or four eye kind of depth. So I think Watts, he can do both. He's actually been more interior in the past, but I think he's a guy that can play, you know, defensive end in Pittsburgh scheme. All right, let's uh, go to the inside linebackers next. Obviously, a, a, a rebuilt room with a lot of uh, new people in there. Sands, Mark Robinson. Uh, uh, how, how about that group today? Yeah, just from a you know line standpoint, Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts are two starting inside linebackers. No dime packages today, so we don't know who the one linebacker was, but we can assume that would be Cole Holcomb. Second team, kind of interesting, Mark Robinson and Chappelle Russell. We don't, I don't think many people were expecting to hear about Chappelle Russell today, but um, he was getting second team work over Tanner Muse and Nick Witowski. So um, Mark Robinson getting those second team reps, interesting as well, based off of Austin's comments and. And all that kind of stuff. So I was encouraged to see Robinson, you know, be working ahead of those guys on day one. And I think the big news, obviously, uh, you know, or, or at least uh, 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 positive news was Hol- Cole Holcomb, you know, starting uh, training camp, not on PUP or anything like that, which means he should be good to move around uh, out, out there. You know, he looked I, I'm assuming he looked pretty fluid out there. 
Yeah, he was good. Now, like I mentioned earlier, Kenny Pickett in seven on seven uh, threw over his head. Um, you know, it was McFarland split out left sideline running a nine route. Fulcum trying to run with him, turned his head back, found the football, but jumped a bit early, mistimed it. And uh, Pickett lobbed it over his head and caught by McFarland. But yeah, I mean, Holcomb looked 100 percent healthy today. Tanner Muse still look like one of those planet theory guys. You haven't seen him <laughs> since. Uh, were you even uh, was his combine during COVID or? No, he was before that. I don't know if I was at a senior bowl because I've kind of missed a couple over the years, but uh, he was a a pre-COVID guy, I'm pretty sure. Okay. All right. Going to be interesting to watch how that plays out between him and Nick Kwiatkowski. And I I don't think it's kind of hard to read in between the lines what Omar said earlier in the day, asked about the linebacker room, said, look, we obviously brought in the guys that we like, you know, because, you know, we we think they can help us, but kind of at the end of it, but he made sure to say, look at, you know, uh, basically any, any position, if we can help, uh, if we can help help our roster, you know, we're not a, not a, uh, above going out and getting somebody else. Uh, I'm sure that'll be tacked on. A lot of people will interpret that mainly being the linebacker room because he was talking about linebackers at the time. But as we've kind of said throughout this offseason, we could foresee this team still adding a, a veteran piece for the right price if, if, if one came available, right? Sure. Not going to rule that out. Um, yeah, it was very much just kind of a standard non-answer from Omar Khan, but you're always going to leave that door open. You're never going to sit there and say, yes, we're getting a guy or no, we're not going to get a guy or roster set. You never know what could happen based on who becomes available, injuries, how guys look during camp, during the preseason. So um, it's that um, the old the old Motel 6 commercial, we'll leave the light on for uh-huh. you. We're leaving the light on. That guy, you know, the story behind that guy is like really interesting. He was a fisherman and I don't even sure how he became like a voice. Ta- what, Tom, kind of guy. Tom Baudet. Yeah. Is that his name? I, I saw an interview with him. Really interesting. That, that shows you how good marketing is for you. can uh, so Because you can, re- I can remember that uh, all these years and, and uh, I can, I can still recite the empire uh, carpet uh, commercial because they used oh, to run yeah. that uh, uh, on all the, all the uh, Cubs games on WGN, you know, five mm, empire. Yeah. yeah. Two, three hundred empire. There's marketing for you. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Outside linebacker. First eyes on guys like David Perales and more importantly, Nick uh, Herbig. You got Might your Herbigs the- mixed up earlier, didn't you? I did. I the sec because what happened was I I tweeted that and I I sat there and I said I, I had the wrong Herbig, didn't I? Then the play happened, so I had to take notes. I knew Twitter would kill me for it, so I apologize for the slip there. That was probably the first Tom Bodet to outside linebacker review transition in podcast history. So congrats to us for that. How did uh, I handle it? All right. Yeah, really good. Uh, I mean, nothing to compare it to. It's it's in first place, I guess, um, of, of transitions. But yeah, I mean, you know, again, those guys can be tough to evaluate. I say that a million times, but I just the, kind of the, the caution and context of the day for for a, a padless practice. And these guys obviously can't touch the quarterbacks. But um, I thought, again, the burst that Herbig showed was intriguing. We know he's a good athlete, hair on fire kind of guy. We want to see him against somebody who's not a Raven Clark, who has issues with, with speed guys. Um, but that's interesting. Um, behind that, probably less notes overall. I mean, in terms of who was running where, it was, of course, Watt Highsmith, first team, Herbig, left outside linebacker, Marcus Golden, right outside linebacker, second team. And then it was Perales and Toby and Dukeway, uh, the rookie undrafted free agents from Fresno State, Sam Houston State, respectively, third team. And so that's what the lines look like to start things off. Um, once the pads come on, they do backs on backers. They do O-line, D-line, edge. We can evaluate those guys far better. Yeah, especially to get into those preseason games, watch some of these guys uh, coming off the edge there. All right, uh, 
cornerback. Uh, got a little, uh, you know, once again, Mike Tomlin caution. Don't read too much into this rotation here, but it was a note, some, some notable things stuck out in that. I would say the cornerback had the most for us to talk about today of all the position groups to, to uh, give analysis to. So Patrick Peterson on that first play, that deep shot, maybe a little bit of that veteran tug on the back of George Pickens Jersey, but no reps were there when he found the ball and broke it up. So a nice rep there. Uh, He worked both left corner and slot corner. So on that first team session, first snap of it, he was left outside cornerback about two snaps later. Again, this is third and long situational football. He bumps inside of the slot. Joey Porter comes in left cornerback. Levi Wallace is the right cornerback in all these uh, scenarios and, and snaps here. So that was notable. Porter, a nice day. He certainly, I think, had the rep of the day defensively, seven on seven, one on one against Calvin Austin with his speed, um, clamps him, you know, finds the ball, breaks it up, an incomplete pass on a deep ball right sideline from Kenny Pickett. So Porter overall, um, good outing from him and the slot corner today when, um, you know, besides Peterson was Duke Dawson getting reps there and, and some of this kind of base, de- well, I shouldn't say base, base defense, but early in the team session, nickel defense, but there was a rotation there with Dawson, uh, Peterson, Elijah Riley and Trey Norwood all getting slot reps today. So well, there was a pretty clear division of labor, but to see Dawson first guy out there is for us at least no- uh, pretty notable. All right. And you, you didn't see much of Chandon Sullivan or you missed him or, or what? Yeah, to be honest, I didn't see his, his jersey at all. I may have missed it. I don't recall seeing him. He's not in my notes at all, that number 34. Um, so I'm going to watch him tomorrow. I'm not sure if I just missed it. I, I probably did. But uh, you know, I, from what I saw from a slot corner standpoint, it was a lot of Dawson, some Peterson, uh, some Riley, and a little bit of Trey Norwood. Okay, and uh, some also Rands, uh, Luke Barku, the uh, – uh, I, I get the which, which XFL. League, I think it was XFL, XFL. Yeah. came out of there. Uh, and uh, Chris Wilcox uh, is a former uh, BY product. Was uh, I think one of a draft pick? I think he was a draft pick too. I yeah, seventh think. rounder yeah. by not by Pittsburgh, obviously by right. somebody else. Right. Um. Yeah. Not a lot of notes on them. Barku had a you know breakup on a low pass from Rudolph to Olszewski. That's probably the the biggest note there. Wilcox got maybe a one or two reps. Um, don't have a lot on Marjorie Harper was playing outside corner. I thought he was kind of more of a safety slot kind of guy, but he was getting outside corner reps. So that's something for me to know. Kenny Robinson getting some third team safety work. Um, but yeah, I think that the cornerback talk is going to be about Peterson Porter and that, that slot corner battle again, Elijah Riley, nice day for him. Versatile, the interception. Uh, that's a guy that certainly you want to you know think about going forward. You think they view him more slot than they do safety now? In a sense, because there's such a need at slot corner, there's more availability, more of a competition there. I mean, I think he's kind of a truer safety. That's what he was playing last year. I think he did more of that in Philadelphia. Um, but I think because there's an opening there and he's got some size, they kind of want. I think Peterson is going to be the the third down, pass down slot corner because Porter's going to come on the field. But I think they're looking for that rundown type of slot corner. They had that in, I mean, Mike Hilton was in all situations guy, but he could play the run extremely well. Millette was that rundown corner. I think they're looking for somebody who can bang around against the run, and that's going to be Duke Dawson. That's kind of the book on him coming out of Florida, and Elijah Riley has that size. So I think they're looking for somebody to play on early downs inside the slot. Okay, uh, but uh, you were impressed with a nice day for Porter, right? Yeah, nice day for him on that, again, that running step-for-step step against Calvin Austin and seven-on-seven is a tough situation for any defender, any DB to be in, and he did a nice job there. Everything else looked good today, so again, just one day. I mean, it, what is also interesting with Porter is because 
what I noticed was, you know, one college inter- interception that can be for a variety of reasons, but this guy was always catching the football today, whether that's he was the first defender uh, out on the field, uh, played soft toss with, with uh, Terrell Austin, the defensive coordinator, was on the jugs machine before practice. And even, I've never seen this before, and it's not a monumental point, but it's it's interesting. Um, even whenever they were in team 11 v 11, and there were times where Porter was on the field, and the defense always breaks the huddle before the offense. And so they would break the offense still huddling. And you would see Austin and Porter play soft toss for two or three catches. And just it, I just see the reps of him trying to you know catch the football as much as possible. I think because he didn't have that body of work in college. You're in a sequence scheme that wants to be aggressive. Ball hawks, playmakers, 20 interceptions last season. So I just saw that with Porter. This guy was catching the football every opportunity he could. Did you mention Trice at all? I didn't. Um, he got some work today. He was working. I don't know exactly how to classify it. Kind of second team left corner. There's a bit of a rotation there, but he was working outside corner. Um, he almost had a pick. There was a pass that went off of Keem Butler's hands down the seam and uh, Trice couldn't catch the ricochet. But um, yeah, he was out there today and he looked fine. All right. Uh, take us through the safeties here quickly to start wrapping us up. Yeah, it was uh, with uh, Minka Fitzpatrick not participating. It was DeMonte Casey and Keanu Neal uh, running first-team safety. Uh, who do I have second-team safety? I don't know exactly who I have here in my in my notes. Um, I can try to find it here briefly. It was kind of a rotation of Norwood getting in there. Killebrew running a bit behind was like kind of third-team with him and Kenny Robinson, but it was Casey and Neal to, uh, to start things off, and don't have a lot of notes overall on how those guys did um, for whatever it's worth. Minka um, just playing that center field role. He was very vocal today um, and just kind of watching it, able to instruct some of these young guys. So although he was not actually practicing, it was kind of an extra coach on the field. All right. Do you have uh, anything to pass along on the specialist? Um, let's see. What do I have there? There was one low snap from Rex Sunahara during the punting special team session. Um, so that's the note on that. I have some of the hang times and distances for the punters today and Harvin and man thought both were fine. Not fantastic, not terrible, just kind of, you know, as expected overall um, should note that with uh, Marcus Allen now uh, departed miles killer working first team up back during the special teams, you know, full session with Elijah Riley and Trey Norwood as the wings. Benny Snell was one of those wings last year. So that's notable. So if a guy like Riley can be slot corner, starting wing, et cetera, um, that's going to help create a lot of value for him. And if Killebrew's going to be the up back, he's going to make this team. All right. Uh, most, uh, you know, I don't want to play winners or losers, uh, you know, especially right out of the shoot here. But uh, you know, what uh, what was the what was maybe the, the, the most unexpected, you know, top two or three things from from the first day? Yeah, it's always hard to answer because I, ne- I don't necessarily go into camp expecting things. I just right. go, go in, you know, clean slate and let's see what happens because I don't want to have a lot of preconceived notions. Um, you know, Duke Dawson getting the slot work, I think, is interesting. And, you know, I want to see how that you know, continues. Um, you know, Cody White making some plays. I don't know if there really was one thing that was super surprising in a good or bad way. It's just that first day to me. I just try to get lay of the land, depth chart get familiar with some of these names and faces. And so whenever the pads come on and the evaluation truly begins, I'm kind of less scrambling to see, okay, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Where's this guy lining up? Should I look for where he's aligning? aligning? Is he getting moved around? Um, so that's kind of what today was was about, kind of more fact-finding. But um, let me just look at my uh, conclusions overall. Um, yeah, Porter doing well. 
And then again, I, I may write about this for the morning. I know it seems super small, but just Pickens looked really comfortable out there. And it wasn't, you know, that he made these incredible catches he was making last year, just kind of mossing guys. He'll do that this camp, I'm sure, at some point. But just in terms of motions and route tree and just looked like it was natural to him. And I think a year ago, while he was making some incredible plays, it just kind of felt like he was a one-note kind of guy. And um, they're going to expand what he can do, what he can offer in 2023. And a shorter practice uh, today, too, right? Uh, and and right. probably heat, probably some heat acclimation, humidity acclimation here at the start. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, the first days are usually a bit shorter, and the, the practices without pads seem to be a bit shorter as well. But yeah, I think with the heat, there was some weather rolling. I think the, Tim Rice just said it's storming pretty bad in Latrobe um, shortly after practice. Maybe there was a consideration there. But yeah, just three team sessions, um, you know, no O line, D line. So about, I mean, they wrapped up at 3 30. So it was in terms of like actual practice, it was pretty darn short, but uh, still uh, plenty for us to talk about. All right, uh, you'll be back out there, weather permitting, and 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 all on Friday, and we'll be back uh, Friday night to uh, another one of these special edition podcasts and pass along your thoughts on that. Any any closing thoughts is before we get out of here? No, just glad to be back at camp. I'm getting my McChicken right after this. For all those right. wondering, uh, I had uh, one guy come up and say hi to me today, Caleb, a nice guy to talk to. So thanks for uh, that. And uh, Tim Rice took some great. Uh, photograph so be sure to follow him and check out his work and i think we'll have a post later today that kind of has the the gallery of the day and that's always a a really cool uh vision and and view and lens literally and figuratively into uh, pittsburgh's practice yeah i'm gonna try to get those up well before midnight he's already sent them over there so shout out to tim rice for taking pictures for us again and uh uh, all right with that uh we'll get back after it uh tomorrow night uh and in the meantime i you and i will do a morning friday uh uh, regular episode of the terrible podcast and talk about things omar khan said and 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 art rooney and some of the players and all, all the normal stuff that goes along with a regular podcast so uh until the morning or until tomorrow night uh, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast, a special edition of the Terrible Podcast, Pittsburgh Steelers Training Camp 2023. Have a great night. Peace and love.